Welcome to Voracious Podcast. We're back 2024. Got my co-host here with me, Hershey Schaffner. What's up? Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a new year. It is. Does that really mean much? Does that mean much to you? I mean, it means that the gyms were really full for two weeks in Mm. January, and by now it's time to go back. Yeah, it's normal by now. Yeah, so Everybody's quit. I, I saw some dude made a reel. He's like, well, it's National Quit Your Resolutions Day. Yeah. Yeah, and that's real because is it you know? Well, I, I mean, it's not like a real day, but oh, I, it could be. There's statistically a day where it drops off. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I made a resolution to not make a resolution, and uh, I kept it so far. It's usually the best one. Pretty good. I don't do resolutions. I just make choices. It's deep. I don't, <laughs> I don't do resolutions. I form revolutions. Yeah, and something like that. So. <laughs> Yeah, 2024, it's going to be an exciting year. Yeah. You know, there's an election coming up and uh, all kinds of things happening in the world. And there's lots of prophecies. Open door, 2024. There is more, 2024. There you go. I mean, I can rhyme some other things, but I might get in trouble. But if you follow me for more prophecies. Yeah. Subscribe. Hey, did you know that starting 2024 we have 106 youtube subscribers wow that ain't bad that's pretty good that's that's your mom and my mom (laughs) and our spouses both of our uh immediate families yeah well kind of i mean i don't know if all your immediate family subscribes i don't know if all mine actually do but i can tell you my mom probably doesn't because she hardly knows how to use her phone sorry mom if you actually watch this but it's true (laughs) Yeah, so. I think I don't know. I really welcome I to our hundred and six hundred and six subscribers. You can be number hundred and seven, and maybe the hundred and tenth can have a free something. Yeah, if you act now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I wanted to try to. I wanted to hit hypocrite, hip, hypocrite, critical. Okay. How do you say it? Hypocrites. Hip, uh, hypocriticism. Hypocrisy. Hip, hip, there it is. There we go. <laughs> That's why they pay me the big money. Yeah. And uh, give me a thesaurus. <laughs> um, because I don't know anymore where the line is or why, what the, you know, what that looks like for believers, as bad as that sounds. Um, because I just see it, I see it everywhere. And it's everybody, it seems like, reads the Bible to what their liking is well first does that make sense well i would disagree with you that i don't think many people actually read the bible oh well i I mean statistically that's true i mean that's you know that's that's a whole but maybe a whole nother but that might be the root to this factor you know it might be they don't read the bible very often but But have you ever read the bible where you're like you read over something you're like "Eh," you know that just kind of hits you whatever it is and you're just like oh okay yeah maybe i better do better like I like to use extreme examples. Extreme examples. No. Really? Yes. I'm a big guy. I'm an extreme by nature. It's vor- voracious <laughs> of you. Yes. So, like, so the biggest one that you will see in church is everybody's, like, sexual sin. Okay, the pastor had an affair, and now he's removed like we'll just take like Mike Bickle, the thing, whatever he did, he he said he didn't have an affair, but he was 
Well, what did he do? He uh, there's a lot of allegations. He, he said he didn't really do anything. He was just crass, sexually crass with a maybe one of his workers or interns. Said some things that he shouldn't have said, or like a dozen of them or something. There were a bunch of allegations. Right, right, so, right, yeah. right. But anyway, so I hop. They excommunicado. You're out. Like we have nothing to do with you. They they've separated their ministry from Mike Bickle. Okay, fine. I mean, you can do that, but why why is that one like that like like sexual immorality or just the allegations of it is such a huge deal there but you'll listen to your favorite preacher online who's extraordinarily overweight and doesn't work out and he's obviously he doesn't care about his temple his body mm-hmm. and everybody's just cool yeah, well, he should have made a New Year's resolution to go to the gym, first that's, of all. That's that true. Probably would have helped him. For but does days. that make sense? Because yeah. that kind of paint a picture? Because I'm, I'm kind of, I just don't know. I don't know anymore. Well, I think, yeah, I, I think um, I mean, there's a lot to it. I, obviously, the Bible's very clear, and, you know, Paul writes about sexual sin. Of um, course. And you're sinning against your own body. Um, I think as a leader, uh, the Bible also is very clear that as a leader, like you're held to a higher standard, like you're going to give an account yeah. for everything you do, um, which should put a reverence in us and, and a fear. It doesn't, should. Mean, you know, I mean, yeah, it doesn't me. Um, and, you know, to your point, like of reading the Bible, I've rarely in my life, like read, opened the Bible and been reading it and going, Oh man, I am killing this thing. Yeah. Like I'm knocking it out of the park. I'm pretty yeah. much, you know, Enoch walking with God and got will be checklist. no more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I don't do that. Yeah. So I think when we read it as a, a light and a lamp, right. It's mm-hmm. a lamp into our feet and a light to our path. The closer you get to the light, the more it exposes everything yeah you know good bad ugly you know yeah darkness. light up all the darkness yeah, yeah yeah but even like if you you know if we didn't dust this and you put light on it you know you're gonna see mm-hmm. every little thing that's wrong and and that's what the word should do and and you know i i'm not gonna say i do it all the time because i don't think anybody does it all the time but i want to read the word so that it is a lamp to me to expose like where i'm at and a light to me to mm-hmm. my path and when we do that instead of using it sometimes it's a weapon yeah and then you know we get into what i call cafeteria christianity <laughs> which you kind of alluded to right you know like you we used to have cafeterias yeah. before COVID. what would you like yeah, yeah like i i want mashed potatoes but i do not i'm not putting green beans on my plate mm-hmm. like i'm i'm gonna avoid that and so we kind of do that with the bible denominations do it individuals do it um cults do it i mean it's it's used all the time well yeah because i have way. a I guess I have a really big problem because a lot of the reason I have a problem is because a lot of people use the excuse that Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites and they're not wrong. They use it as an excuse not to go to church, sure. but they just don't want to go to church and that's fine by them. You got to make that choice right. and do that, but don't, I I'd really have a problem when they can just so easily say everybody's a hypocrite. But the thing is, is, in churches and in most Christianity that I've seen, everybody wears the mask of perfection. And then if something gets exposed, we all gather around and point that finger. And I'm just, I'm saying in generalities, yeah, I'm yeah. not saying personally, sure. usually personally you work it out pretty good, but in generalities, like 
like take Mike Bickle. It's like everybody's like, oh man, see, yeah, look at him, and he's terrible, and what a hypocrite, yeah. And it's like, dude, like, where's the line for grace, forgiveness, and repentance versus you're out of the ministry and we won't have anything to do with you? Yeah, how do you draw that? Yeah, I think I think, and it's too, it's interesting too because I I did I didn't follow a lot of it, but I saw a couple articles and then. Cause there were people on the other side who were like, I know Mike Bickle or I, or even guys that were like, I really like Mike Bickle. So he would never do this. So it was like denying any possibility that he could ever do anything wrong. Right. Which is dangerous too. Yeah. Right. Cause we're all fallible creatures. But that's know? the thing. Cause they, they believe a version of Mike Bickle. That's just not, nobody's perfect. Yeah. It's just not true. Well, And, and let's be honest. Like when you see somebody on a platform, yeah, it, whether it's a, a minister or a celebrity, whatever, you know about them, but you don't know them. Right. And I've met a lot of guys in, in back rooms, green rooms, mm-hmm. you know, different ministries, big and small. Some, some guys that are like salt of the earth mm-hmm. and some guys that are like some of the worst people I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. And they're, and they're in a pulpit preaching the gospel and then treating people like garbage, unfortunately. Yeah. And so it's, it's hard to, to know that the thing that, Going to the Mike Bickle situation in particular, I don't know the guy. I know people who know him. Right. Um, I haven't talked about it with any of them. But uh, the reality is that the way I've read it is that IHOP had like investigations and did their due diligence. And I think that that's good because I think we do have to, we have to be aware that this man is not above reproach. And so he should right. be accountable. Um they didn't immediately kick him out. Mm-hmm. Um, the separation part, I understand to some degree that you want to say, "Hey, like we don't condone what this is, and so we're gonna we're gonna separate as far as we're not gonna have him in the pulpit. He's not gonna be on this role." My hope is that behind the scenes, though, they're saying, "Hey, how can we restore our brother in Christ?" Yeah, because they're. I mean, those are two of the dynamics and they that might we have be. To have. Yeah, and that's what you hope for. Yeah. It doesn't happen in the body of Christ a lot because we tend to shoot our wounded. And, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you kick him to the curb and, and, and that's sad, but the reality is that, that there is an accountability level, you know, and, and yeah. I, I agree with you. We, we, we promote it to a point where it's like, is it sexual sin or are they stealing money? Cause those are like, honestly, a lot of times those are the only two sins people care about. Yeah. But even the money one, it's like, is it $10 or 10,000? There's, yeah. there's a made up imaginary line in there too. That's true. And yeah, I don't, I just, I'm very, uh, the more I think about it, the more I, I just see people make it up to whatever they want it to be. The the line that is. And so thus it is. And is that, is that okay? I, I don't think it's okay to the extent that it, that it happens. And I also don't think it's okay that there's this persona of Christians that are just walking perfect all every day. Like, like I can even get personal on that and I can, you know, you can ask my wife. I, I get, I have a temper. Yeah. Like, please don't ask my wife any questions. <laughs> you know, I have a temper and that's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay to yell at your kids or your wife or anything. And yeah. just like, some sometimes it just happens and you're just like in the middle of it and it's like well should i get you know reprimanded and kicked out of the church or whatever you know like where's 
What's the difference? I, I think I think what it is though is as a human, as a Christian who's following Christ, who's walking things out, it says you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, right? Mm-hmm. But it also says in James, it says that we're called to go to one another and confess our sins, confess our faults to one another, that we might all be healed. There has to be a vulnerability and accountability. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I fail, you know, sure. on the regular um, in different ways and things that I've done wrong. And until you are made aware of it sometimes and you come to face to face with it, then there has to be repentance. Mm-hmm. And that's that's part of the kicker is, too. Are you are you willing to be repentant? Are you willing to change? Well, that's true. Because when you look at like what Paul writes, he lists tons of sins, right? He, you know, he lists yeah. like, like cursing and, and immorality and all these, uh, you know, witchcraft, all these different things. And he says, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between, in my opinion, um, doing something and practicing something. I think even in, in the, in the wording that he writes, because when you practice it, it means like it's something that is ongoing. There is a, mm-hmm. a lack of repentance. There is a, whether it's willful or knowledgeable, which honestly, as a believer, it's always going to be end up being willful and knowledgeable because if nobody else knows, the Holy Spirit does. And sure. he is really good at convicting you. So are you going to be accountable to him to not practice those things? Mm-hmm. And I think we've got to come to a place where we, we are like, oh man, like I've come face to face with the humanity of who I am and I've got to put off the flesh. You know, Paul says, you know, I die daily. There's a death to the old self, but the only way you can really kill your old self is if there's resurrection power that's working in you. Now the church, back to your point on like the diameter or the degrees of sin and like this is worse and this is not as bad and this one we just kind of completely overlook. But is that is that is there any basis to that because we did we make that up that scale of this sin i mean i i think so i mean I, I think so because i think that what happens is we look at something we go oh that's oh man that's like terrible terrible mm-hmm. and then like you said i mean you know the same guys in the pulpit and obviously gluttonous loves those cafeterias and you know fills the plates and and the bible's clear that you know gluttony's a sin yeah. And so, and, and I'm not just going to judge them based on their, typically their size, because there could be some kind of. You could have a medical issue, issue yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. It's, and that's. It's rare. But yeah. Usually it is just gluttony, especially in America. And so. Amer- yeah. And in so America. I, I get it because it's like a double standard. I mean, I remember certain denominations that they're like, they would tell the women, like, you, you got to wear like dresses down to your ankles. Mm-hmm. You can't wear any makeup. You can't cut your hair. You can't do any of this stuff because scripture says don't adorn yourself and all that. But then the preacher is like way overweight. Um, he's breaking yeah. the Old Testament law because it says that you're not supposed to have like multi uh, types of linens in your clothes. And they're yeah. wearing like a polyester wool blend suit, right? I mean, so, <laughs> so like, it, again, I, I agree with you. I think that that's the problem is we have these double standards and the world looks at it. And when we use those double standards as weapons, that's the problem. Because what did mm. Jesus say? He says, look, they're going to know you're my disciples because you love one another. Right. And, and now sometimes love is like, hey, bro, you messed up. You got to sit down mm-hmm. or you got to step out over the role you're in for a minute. You got to get right. And so sometimes love is like that. Yeah. You know, it's like punishing your kids, disciplining your children because mm-hmm. you love them. And, and that's part of why we have such a crazy society is because parents don't discipline their kids anymore because now we have this love that says just do whatever. No, I, hate, no hate speech. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. sorry YouTube is not a uh, 
free speech platform. Oh, really? Who knew that? They edit hate speech. The thing about hate speech is, is whatever you want it to be. That's true. It's all relative, right? <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. It's kind of like our, our I just sin know degrees, right? You, you said discipline your kids, and it's like, oh, here we go. I know. But it's well, it's sorry. voracious. But for those of you before this gets canceled, <laughs> discipline your children so they don't grow up to be horrible human beings. Please. Um, yeah, it's so much better <laughs> that way. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, that you come into this place of realizing that there are there are sins that do get heightened up. I mean, I think in the church for a long time, um, homosexuality comes to the forefront, right? Mm-hmm. And so people that are in the homosexual community feel attacked because a lot of the message is like how horrible a sin it is. Right. The reality is that it's no worse a sin than adultery. Mm-hmm. And I understand the frustration of some people that are in that community looking at the church going, you're condemning me, but then you've got mm-hmm. guys in the pulpit that are now being accused of sexual immorality all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. On the regular. And so, you know, the thing is like, we can't condone any kind of sin. Right. And then what I, what I've seen in the church and I know you have too, is what we do is we have this tendency. We're like a pendulum in the clock, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, Oh, we're way over here. We need to kind of come here. We swing to the other side. Every time. And then, like, I've watched <laughs> churches that, you know, they're like, we accept everyone just the way they are, and God made you that way, which is not the truth. Right. And, and so now now we're preaching a lot just to make everybody else feel included and inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the truth is what sets us free. Mm-hmm. And that's, we've got to get into the middle of the truth. The truth is that, is homosexuality a sin? Yes. But does God hate homo? No. Right, right. Is is adultery a sin? Yes. Does God hate the adulterer? No. no. He loves them, and his goal is to restore all of us back to him. Yeah, the whole point of sending Jesus to redeem us right. is because he loves us, even though we're all jacked up. Yes. Not like jacked up. No, j- jacked up. <laughs> yeah, all of us, man. Yeah, and I, I, I think that that's, you know, like you said, I, I, we have too many false pretenses in the church where it's like, oh, I never have any problem. Yeah, man, come on. You got a problem with pride then if you say you never Ooh, have any problems. Pride's a big one, dude. Sorry. That, that, that hate speech, too? <laughs> might be, that's church world hate speech. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, just to be honest, pride, pride is the one that I see, I think, the most, maybe just because I... I don't know why I have a kind of a spidey sense for it, but my wife does too. She's yeah. It's pretty easy to sniff out once you get a, get a dose of it. You know, uh, (laughs) that's a rough one because people in pride can't see it because it's pride. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Like it's, I don't know. You even know how to talk about that one. Well, you know, and and, (laughs) well, if we, I mean, it's, it's the, the first, really the first sin, right? Well, correct. I mean, I yeah, mean, it's the first sin that which would make it the worst one. Oh, there it is. So now, <laughs> follow us for what are the worst sins. Uh, we're going to give you a full template, and uh, yeah, no, but you know, it, it's it's the root of so much because when you look at any kind of sin, if you go back into the adultery thing, there's a point where pride creeps in to make you think that mm. you're okay to do this. It's the gateway drug. <laughs> it could be. It could be in some ways, it, you know, but it's really, I, I had from the past, uh, someone that I was close to that got brought into a 
sexually immoral, immoral relationship mm-hmm. that they knew was wrong, um, actually brought into it by a minister who was mm. the one who convinced them that it was okay. Uh, you know, using a lot of manipulation and, and, um, actually it's interesting because pride and insecurity go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And so they preyed on this person's insecurity. And, um, I mean, this, it really damaged this individual. Thank God they're okay. Now they got out of it and they saw the light, but, but it's crazy how in those moments where pride and insecurity are, are moving, how the, the enemy just moves in those little veins. Mm-hmm. He did it with Adam and Eve, right? You know, oh, yeah. did God really say, and you're going to be just like God. Mm-hmm. And so those, those factors kind of play into those roles that we have to, you know, that's why we do have to be on guard. That's why we have to read the word going, let it examine my heart, you mm-hmm. know, you know, let the meditation in my heart, let the, let the words in my mouth and the meditation in my heart be acceptable and pleasing to you, Lord. Mm-hmm. And that is a daily, hourly, minutely, <laughs> secondly <laughs> journey, right? So would it be fair to sum up, kind of, because I got to sum up, wrap it up, but would it be fair to say that in in Christianity, because that's really the only religion I have any experience yeah. <laughs> in Christianity to deal with these things, since we're all f- flawed, we're coming with all different kind of things going on. But I think the key is for one, if you're seeking the Lord, you're already in a repentant mind state. Probably like you like this, my life sucks. I'm trying to work some stuff out. Mm-hmm. So you're on the right track repent the church or the body of believers need to respond in love not finger pointing for the correct reaction then what you know it's building relationships where you're accountable to people Mm. but it it is out of relationship it's not like get assigned an accountability partner right because accountability partners well that I don't know, unless they really care, it doesn't work. Yeah, well, I mean, if if I have no relationship with you, I'm only going to go surface level with you anyway. I'm <laughs> right. not going to give you, right? because most of the time, because I've been hurt by somebody who is a hypocrite, mm-hmm. who said, oh, I care about you, and then next thing I knew, they used something mm. out of my life against me with someone else. Mm. Or, you know, somebody comes around and it's the, hey, don't tell anybody, but oh. or in church, it's, hey, you need to be praying for this part. You know, we use it at a prayer <laughs> request, and but, you know, I think, too, like, Scripture has all the answers. Mm-hmm. Like, really, it's, it's in there. And, and Paul has a situation where this dude is sleeping with his mother-in-law, which is pretty jacked up. And, yeah. and so he's like, hey, like, here's what we do. The first thing is you go to your brother and, you, you know, you call him out and mm-hmm. say, hey, bro, this has got to change. If he doesn't hear you, take an elder, take somebody else with you, and the two of you go to him. And then if they still don't repent, like there does come a point where he says you bring them before the church and you put them out for the destruction of their flesh and the salvation of their soul. Yeah. So, but that's that unrepentance basically. Right. And I think that that's where, again, like going back to your original, you know, Mike Bickle thing, I don't know if he was like, I'm not saying accusing or anything, yeah. But did they And I'm not picking on Mike Bickle. I know it's It's just a a current example. It makes sense. We could pick on TD Jakes. Yeah, I, I don't. I heard there was something about him. I don't know, you know. But but there have been. I mean, Jimmy Swaggart, yeah. you know, it came into that place. 
And so, you know, there is a place where if they are unrepentant, that the it's the body of Christ's responsibility to say, hey, we're not going to keep covering your sin. Right. And it sounds kind of hard, but it, it I kind of equate it with this. It's like when you when people have a family member who has an addiction, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to to drugs mm-hmm. and they spend everything on it and the parents or a family keeps giving that they're an enabler, right? Yeah. And there comes a point where if you really love them, you say, no, like we're cutting you off. Mm-hmm. And that's really what Paul was saying about that young man was like, you're going to keep him protected and he's going to think everything's okay because he's still living in this bubble of the protection of the church. But the mm-hmm. minute he's put out, now he's going to realize, oh man, my life is falling apart and I have to come back to a place of repentance. Yeah. And to me, the ultimate thing is, and that's, and that's, that's all motivated out of love. That's not, you know, that's, Correct. that's yeah, the key. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, oh, we're going to prove a point, you know, and we're going to get you and, but we love you so yeah, much. You don't want it to come to that point. No, no, that's the worst. But, uh, unfortunately a lot of times it does come to that point. But in the, in the grand scheme of it coming to that point versus someone losing their soul for all of eternity, mm-hmm. like that's, and I think that's the other perspective we have to put things in. Right. Is we're not just in this for right now. This mm-hmm. is for all of eternity. And so people need to know the truth. And and it's sad because the church, I don't think, has reflected a level or standard of morality that Jesus probably calls us to a lot of times. I know we're flawed and I know we make mistakes, but we have to choose to come up and keep coming up. Mm-hmm. And I think we also have to be willing and able to be honest that, hey, you know, I mess up, I messed up, or mm-hmm. I did this, you know, I, I, I faltered, whether that's to individuals or even, I mean, I've, I've done it to my church a lot of times, like told them, hey, if you're looking for the perfect <laughs> pastor who's faultless, then you need to go find another building. Yeah. Because I'm not him, but I'm trying. Yeah. And I love Jesus. And that's, and that's fair. And the weird thing to me is I think some people don't like that. Like <laughs> they don't want it to be real that everybody's messed up. So that's that's a whole nother thing (laughs) like what are you looking for here there's one perfect there's one perfect and that's that's not me right and (laughs) and he's our measuring stick right because i mean like it says measure yourself up to christ Mm because i mean i can you and i could measure up to each other and you could say well i'm a lot better at hershey than this and i can Mm -hmm. say well i'm a lot better than andy at this but then i look at somebody else and go oh i'm not quite there but if i look at jesus i'm like oh I'm not there aside from his grace, aside from his righteousness. um, I'm not there. And I I think if we're honest about that, again, that to me will lower our hypocrisy because we we are holding the standard of Christ as our, as our banner, Mm -hmm. as our goal. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's sad. And I would say like to anybody who is watching, um, hopefully one of our 107th, you know, subscribers that goes on, but like, if you've been hurt by people in church, like, don't let that affect your view of who God is because people fail and people mm-hmm. make mistakes, but God is faithful. And uh, I've met so many people who've been like, I'm done with church. I'm done with Christianity. I'm done with God because this person did this as a representative of Christ, especially when it was like a preacher or a pastor or a minister. Yeah. And so I would just encourage anybody listening, man, if, if that's you, just know that he's good. Uh, just ask him to prove himself and and open your heart to that. And I promise you, he will come in. That's good. Thanks. That's a good word. That's a good way to sum it up. Amen. All right. That was episode one of 2024. Voracious podcast. Out. Deuces. <laughs>